to What About Us, where we discuss how policies affect rural Tennesseans. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Fall is such a busy time of year. I hope you had time to catch up with the podcast. We have spent four episodes exploring rural health care. Let me summarize them. We talked with Anna at TJC, Tennessee Justice Center, and learned the difference between Medicare, Medicaid, or TenCare, Medicaid expansion, and a Medicaid block grant. Randall Rice shared his observations and thoughts on our rural hospitals and why they are closing. Then we asked Dr. Carol Paris about how a national health program could help rural hospitals. And finally, Dr. Emmy Evans told us what it was like to care for her little patients in rural Tennessee. I hope my guests have helped you understand the healthcare issues that are so important to our lives and communities. I'm going solo today to update you on what is happening in Tennessee regarding a proposal to radically change our state's Medicaid. It would affect 1.4 million people, including half of our children, is a request to the federal government for a Medicaid block grant. Let's review a little bit of history. The Medicaid program was signed into law by President Lyndon Johnson in July of 1965 to be a public health insurance program for people with low income. The cost between federal, uh, the cost shared between federal and state governments. Our program is called TenCare and has gone through many changes since 1965. Currently, it covers low-income pregnant women, parents of minor children, children and individuals with disability, and the elderly, all considered vulnerable populations. It also assists low-income Medicare beneficiaries with premiums. In other words, people with high medical costs, which are difficult to cover with Social Security or other sources of income alone. Medicaid helps cover the premiums. Now, in 2010, the Affordable Health Care Act was signed into law and included a provision to expand Medicaid to low-income people not eligible for traditional Medicaid, but income too low to receive health care through the, one of the ACA plans. That would be like people working for um, low pay, the self-employed, etc., The ACA required states to have this plan, and the federal government would pay 90% of the cost of this program. In 2012, the Supreme Court ruled that states could not be required to expand Medicaid, so it became optional. To date, 36 states and the District of Columbia have opted for the expansion. Let's talk about Medicaid expansion in Tennessee. In 2014, then-Governor Haslund developed a proposal to expand Medicaid. Not only did the Tennessee legislature not pass the plan out of committee so that it could be discussed on the floor, um, but ruled that neither the governor or the people of Tennessee could ask for a bill, only the legislature. So when this didn't come out of committee and not discussed on the floor, that means that people, our legislator, our elective officials, Uh, couldn't study it, and also couldn't make us aware of what was in the bill. So it's never, ever been discussed. Um, And the legislature seems to be uh, vehemently opposed to even considering it ever, ever going with this plan. So for five years, Tennessee has refused an additional $1.4 billion a year to cover more people and develop programs based on our needs, 
like the problem with the opioid epidemic, or high smoking rates, or untreated chronic illness, or rural health care. So enter the Medicaid block grant. Remember the 2016-17 attempts to repeal and replace the ACA, then repeal and come up with a better health plan later? All that failed. The idea of a Medicaid block grant was part of that legislation. Since then, not only has the ACA suffered many attacks to weaken it and make it less effective, we still have no real health care reform. Even controlling drug prices and surprise emergency room bills are stalled. The current administration wants to cut $3 trillion from the U.S. Medicaid budget using block grants. So during the 2019 Tennessee legislative session, the State House and Senate passed a bill requiring Governor Lee to submit a request to pursue a block grant. Okay, so a traditional block grant would provide a state with a fixed amount of federal funding adjusted for inflation. If you don't spend it all, you get to keep it. If we go over the allotment uh, uh, given and um, spend more money, too bad, we're responsible. The state is responsible. The latest proposal is modified. It asks for an increased amount of money if enrollment grows. It also includes from the proposal some hospital payments, costs for Medicare, Medicaid patients, the cost of care for intellectual disabilities, children in state custody, and outpatient prescription drugs. So these things would be continued to be covered under traditional non-block grant networks. Okay, for this arrangement, we would split savings with the federal uh, government. Um, Governor Lee has proposed saving $2 billion from the Tennessee Medicaid budget, so we could use $1 billion uh, for um, health and give a billion back to the federal government. Okay, I'm going to go back and make a correction on myself. In the traditional block grant, um, if a state spends under the amount of money, they have to give it back. But if we go over, if a state goes over the allotment, too bad for the state. They have to take funding from other resources. Okay. Um, so what, we're, what the proposal that Tennessee has put forth is that we, if we save money, we split it with the federal government. And we'll talk more about that. Um, that later. I don't all, I don't quite understand this whole billions of dollars things, but apparently we have saved that much before. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Okay, why do we want to be the first state to do this? This is from the executive summary of their proposal. This is a quote. Tennessee operates one of the most cost-efficient Medicaid programs in the nation routinely underspending the federal government's projections and saving the federal government and taxpayers billions of dollars. Governor Lee has been quoted as saying this as well. He did say in an interview with federal officials that they need some examples to show the rest of the country how to do this. And we have an example. We have conducted ourselves as leaders in handling Medicaid costs in efficient ways for years. What? As we repeatedly said on this podcast, 
Tennessee ranks 40th and below in healthcare indices compared to other states. We have 300,000 uninsured. Our infant and maternal mortality rates are increasing. This has been worsened by rural hospitals closures. Cancer deaths are increasing. Opioid death rates are stable or increasing. These last two things uh, are occurring in Tennessee despite decreases in cancer death rates and opioid deaths in other states across the country. Our life expectancy is decreasing, and we have the most rural hospital closures per capita in the United States. We have to look at efficient versus effective. We spend the least amount of money per Medicaid beneficiary, and I believe it shows. In addition, the proposal also asks that there be flexibility from excessive or non unnecessary federal uh, intervention in order to allow the states to administer its programs more effectively and to promote the health of TenCare members. Additionally, flexibility will focus primarily on issues that will empower the state to implement improvements, efficiencies, and other reforms to make TenCare stronger and more effective without negatively impacting who is eligible for the program or what services they may be eligible to, to receive. So note that the proposal is asking that federal guidelines to protect these vulnerable populations to be waived, no safety net. When it comes to healthcare, you need to be suspicious of fraud and abuse of monies when they ask for flexibility. Okay. Um, there are many people and many industries and organizations that have taken advantage of healthcare dollars. Um, also be suspicious of words like promote health, empower, and strengthen. I know that the proposal is like a framework to be fleshed out, but with all of our healthcare issues, there should be a, a little more mentioning at least one. Okay. I'm going to share with you what the Tennessee Justice Center thinks about all this. I use them because they are a nonprofit organization with a team of attorneys and other professionals fighting for the rights of children and families who are vulnerable. They are really a watchdog uh, for TenCare. The block grant proposal puts coverage and services at risk for vulnerable Tennesseans. What could happen if this goes through, according to the TJC? You could eliminate or restrict services and limit who gets them. Physical therapy, hospice, transplant coverage. These are sometimes optional in states, but still very important. There would be no federal oversight for any of these. It also cut back on core services. Going back to limited hospital stays, some um, uh, restrictions on the use of emergency rooms, which we really need when we don't have hospital. Um, they could change those without federal approval or public notice. It could allow those that manage the plans of care to restrict approval and access to care. And remember Dr. Evans trying to get referrals and med medications approved for her patients and the time that it took. It could also ex exclude coverage of high-cost prescription drugs. Well, that's kind of all of them, but some cost more than others. Okay, Tennessee Antenna Care is the last stage agency to be given a blank check, for example. TenCare kicked 200,000 children off of coverage, the more majority of those still eligible. Remember, Dr. Evans had a set of twins. 
One was covered and one was not. I remember I talked about the 16-year-old uh, that I met uh, with a, um, um, type 1 diabetes. She doesn't produce any insulin. She was dropped, and her mother had to call to get her reinstated. And in the meantime, fortunately, uh, her grandmother had some insulin, and she used that. She could have died. TenCare kicked people with disabilities off care. I want and, and when I talk about disabilities and, and Medicaid, I, I want to clarify something. <clears throat> this is not your neighbor who is on disability for a back injury at work or something and plays golf every Saturday. These are adults and children with severe life-changing medical problems that need assistance paying for personal aid so they can live independently and not in a nursing home. They may have ventilators or breathing devices, motorized wheelchairs. This, their care is very expensive, and they are very frightened about this proposal. Also, 10Care stopped making payments to Medicare patients with low incomes to pay for premiums. Okay. Social Security, to, um, to live on, some people with Social Security have so many medical problems that they can't afford from their Social Security check to afford the Medicare premiums. Um, and so Medicaid, 10Care pays for that. What they have had happen to them is that suddenly they notice that their Social Security check is really tiny because 10Care forgot to pay the premiums and the government took it out of Social Security. So they have nothing left to, to live on or very little. These are just a few examples of serious slip-ups. 10Care needs more accountability, not less. I'm going to go back to the fuzzy uh, math. Um, apparently 10Care is efficient, with its Medicaid dollars because we, Tennessee gets a lot of them, a lot of dollars, and have for many years. And so we managed to save about $2 billion a year. This is, this is really shocking to me. The goal of the block grant would be to split our savings with the federal government instead of giving it all back. But what would we do with the savings, which is, uh, what would we do with the savings um, is also vague. Would we cover rural hospitals? Would we cover the uninsured? Would it go into some other government entity? Why wouldn't the government just decrease of the amount of money they give us? What if there is a recession? What if health care costs continue to increase? Uh, what if we have uh, a, an epidemic? Um, so I have to ask, uh, who, who does this proposal benefit? Uh, not low-income Tennesseans, children's. Children, parents of dependent children, disabled children and adults, uh, those with chronic illness, high medical costs in nursing homes, rural hospitals, or rural clinics. Um, it, it seems like we want to be first to do something. Um, why have we been willing to ignore results from other states who have expanded Medicaid and, and be the first state to try this and experiment with people's lives. Currently, we are in a 30-day 30 30 state comment period, which is required to request this type of change to a state's Medicaid program. This comment period goes from September 17th to October 18th. Uh, so this is why I'm doing this all by myself today. Hey, there are some public hearings throughout the state, and I attended one on October 1st in Nashville. It's a crowd of about 100 people. 
uh, all affiliated with healthcare organizations or services, there were, and some patients, there were lots of questions and concerns. Okay, the proposal is vague, um, as I said earlier, and the math is difficult to add up. Um, people are going without services, hospitals are closing, and we have been and will continue to save $2 billion. Um, We've saved that for years, and we have such dismal statistics and so many errors. And people bore witness to the errors that TenCare has made that have made their lives much more difficult. A mother of a disabled child was there. This child has a limited life expectancy. Recent, during a recent hospitalization, they found a medication that could keep her uh, peaceful, uh, calm, happy, um, content. But it wasn't on the approved list of medications from TenCare. It was too expensive. It was denied. The mom is spending time away from her child to try to get that reversed. And so far, she's at six weeks trying to um, get that medication for her daughter covered. A blind woman who couldn't seek medical attention for a prolapsed uterus for a year because TenCare stopped paying her Medicare premiums and her Social Security check wasn't enough. An attorney who fought for two years to get his HIV client treatment for hepatitis C was denied. The drug was too expensive, and she wasn't sick enough. She died. As a health care provider, I have found Tennessee legislators, this is our state representatives and state senators, um, who directed the governor to uh, proceed with this proposal, I found them to be largely unconcerned for the poor and sick. They are certainly adamant in their refusal to expand Medicaid, despite public support to do so, and a lot of positive data from other states. The Tennessee Attorney General is one that is trying to outlaw, outlaw the ACA, again despite public approval and positive results is starting to come out. You know, when you change health care, snap, things don't turn around on a dime. The repeated attempts um, to pass work requirements that have resulted in higher numbers of uninsured in other states. Our request for that has been held up for that reason. There's a refusal to increase the minimum wage. And we talked about that earlier. Maybe if people could make more money, they wouldn't be so dependent on public services. But also on a personal level, I had a nasty email exchange with a state senator who was publicly saying no way would he consider Medicaid expansion, and he was saying this months before the legislative session convened. He was rude, condescending, and arrogant. I shared it with my state senator, and she blocked me. I've heard that able-bodied people are not working, but collect checks on Medicaid and are living high and driving Mercedes. The phrase Mercedes mom permeates the capital. Okay, remember who gets Medicaid? Uh, children, uh, the disabled, pregnant women, parents of minors, seniors in nursing homes. For two and a half years, I drove to a rural clinic about 40 miles away, and I never saw swimming pools, people grilling steaks, etc., etc. I saw poverty. We are told there is a commitment to rural communities, but this proposal doesn't include any funding for rural hospitals or care for the uninsured. Definitely not care for the uninsured. There may be some vague thoughts 
that if the money is left, any money is left, we might do something for rural hospitals, but we are certainly in a greater need than a maybe. Finally, there is much speculation that this proposal will not be approved, that it's illegal. But the current state administration does not have, oh, I'm sorry, the current uh, federal administration does not have the authority to solicit or approve these changes without congressional approval. This is President Trump. As the director of TJC says, you can't treat the Medicaid program like a piggy bank. This is one-fifth of our income in the state of Tennessee. The point is, our legislators and governor proceeded with something that may, may be tied up in court and not approved for months, maybe years. Meanwhile, Tennesseans and our communities struggle on. Our action plan um, is to ask you before October 18th to go to a website. Get your pencils ready. This will also be on um, my podcast notes. So it's www.tnjustice, T-N-J-U-S-T-I-C-E dot org, O-R-G, backslash Medicaid, M-E-D-I-C-A-I-D dash block, B-L-O-C-K dash grants, G-R-A-N-T-S dash I-N-N dash Tennessee. T-E-N-N-E-S-S-E-E. That's a long one. Note that this site will give you some information uh, and a lot of which I have given you, but it's complicated, so you definitely will want to read it again. It will ask you for your information, your name and address, and there's a form letter for you to review, and you just push the button that says send. You can delete the whole thing and tell your own story or modify it. Okay, this is not a letter to Governor Lee or your representative. This is to the administration of TenCare, who is to take these comments, modify the proposal, and then submit it to the federal government by November 20th. We will have another chance to review and comment following that. I really hope that they forget about the whole thing and expand Medicaid. But As always, keep up with state news with a subscription to a paper or online, or go to the library. Both the Chattanooga Times Free Press, um, the Tennessee Tribune, and the Tennessean have had excellent coverage. Even the New York Times and Washington Post have weighed in. As always, I want to thank you for listening. Now you know more than millions of people across the state. I promise we will move on to other issues in future podcasts, and I will keep you up to date on this topic. This is Sandy Rice. This is What About Us. Thank you.